Welcome to Porsche Talk. This is True Story. Three characters play the word. Can we ever have their lives monitored? First, we stop me playing and start getting real. I'm Eric. This is Miss Paige Lee. Pops, Rockland Elementary, class of 06, valedictorian. It's not that I still, like, I know that you're not doing the whole thing, but I feel like I've been way too conditioned now that I'm always still waiting for you to do the full thing again. Yeah, that was a, um, that was a younger me. That was a younger you? That was a younger me. You're all I was grown still, up I, I still didn't know the world at that point. <laughs> wow, wait. Man makes one move out to Cleveland and he fucking knows the world now. Yeah, I've learned, <laughs> I've learned a lot of things out here. Hey, before we start, as always, um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're popping off on there. Poor Shock No A. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, it does get right on the podcast. We want to have a review this week, but we've had several individuals hit the DM saying they found us from TikTok. I just want to say shout out to y'all. Thank you for joining us. You like what we're doing on there. You like what we're doing here, and we appreciate you. We got so much shit to get into. We're not going to get through all of it today. We're talking more about back on our life grind again. Um, and I think we need to start with probably the most important news that broke from this weekend. That OnlyFans was banning sexually explicit content on OnlyFans. So what they're saying is you can still do like nude videos and like or photos and like videos but there can't be like any sexual acts or stuff going on which is just a complete one like 180 from what they were doing where only fans started as people just you know making videos of them having sex and all that stuff and honestly shout out to hoodville who put me on because i think i was scrolling through instagram i saw him put up a bunch of pictures of like only fans people working at fucking like McDonald's and Popeyes, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" He said, "Coming October," and then I looked into it. So Hoodville's dominating the world and breaking news everywhere. Apparently, he is. Um, not mad at it. I get the business model. Tumblr did the same thing like two years ago. Snapchat will probably do something similar with the Snapchat premiums, or they'll get more hectic on like deactivating accounts. It made sense because OnlyFans didn't start off as like a buy my nudes, buy my sex tapes type of thing in the first place. So they allowed this for a few years, probably two, three years. I don't know how long it was. They got streamers and like, not streamers. They got people to subscribe. They got more, they got more um, publicity, more subscribers on the network. And then they ban all that. Hopefully people forget to unsubscribe or delete their accounts. So now they have more people to view their regular content that they're going to start pushing. It's not a bad business model. Pull the wool over their eyes, let them get away with anything for a little bit, and then crack down. And you crack down and you still got them there because a lot of niggas not going to remember to go in there and like unsubscribe or delete their accounts. I feel like if you're active on OnlyFans and then like, I don't know, if, if you're even semi-active and you hear about that or like the person you're following or people you're subscribed to on there, like I'd be like, all right, I'm out. Peace. Once once it's done, it's done. I think there are three type of like subscribers on OnlyFans. Kind of like there are three type of subscribers in anything. The ones who are like you said are super active. They're probably gone. The ones who are like, uh, they're probably still be there because they're uh. And then the people who subscribe to anything one time for one specific reason. One year it took me like three years to realize I was subscribed to Showtime. I got it for one specific show and then just forgot I had it. And I was paying for it, and it came with Hulu, and I was like, wait a second, what's what's going on here? I think there might be some niggas who seen a bad joint they went to high school with, they went to college with. They just wanted to see what she was about. They're not one of them niggas who be on OnlyFans every day looking for somebody or looking for new people. They came there for one person, they got it, probably forgot they even had it. Those people, yeah, they they probably still taking the $3.99 out of your account every month. You probably don't notice it because it's four fucking dollars. So they're like the same people who are fucking the ones that get a gym membership, go once, and then don't go again for six months and just continue to pay for it. But they don't even realize it. Absolutely. Paige, I know that you have your OnlyFans going. How do you feel about this? What? I thought we were all aware that you had your OnlyFans popping off. Wait, hold on. Did I miss something? Since what? No. Um, I did try to subscribe to my friends to like show them support. And my bank fully blocked my card because they thought it was fraud because i guess only fans like transactions originate from somewhere in the uk but that's pretty much my only experience with only fans i do know it's gonna affect a lot of people though what i will say um for everybody 
who thought about having OnlyFans and didn't get one, this is your time to do it. Do it for a month. You'll get banned in September. Make a quick $500,000. Call it a day. Um, outside of that, a lot of people are like, you're either like super excited that OnlyFans is done, you're mad at it, or you're like, Hoodville, you don't care, but the jokes are funny. What I will say is, from TikTok and TikTok alone, I'm not necessarily mad at OnlyFans being banned. There will be another site that does the same thing. There's already some starting to pop up. But I think it gave almost a false sense of a get-rich-quick scheme to younger girls where they were thinking they could turn 18, 19 and turn straight to OnlyFans and get rich. And that's not really what OnlyFans was. And then they start to find out once you find taxes, the first time you, you'll have to file taxes, your future jobs and employers will see this. Nobody was loving that and nobody knew that information up front. And at the same time, like these girls who thought they was going to get rich quick, a lot of them be on TikTok talking about how like they made like $200 and now everybody in their town think they're a slut and like they hated it. It's a bad experience for more people than it was good. And to get rich, you have to be a nasty bitch because nobody paying to see just your nudes. Everybody got somebody nudes. Nobody paying to see just your nudes. You got to be sucking or fucking to make any real money on OnlyFans. And even at that, you got to be a baddie doing it. So, like, it wasn't like everybody there had a chance to make money. Well, imagine, like, quitting your career because you're like, let's say you get a little buzz on OnlyFans. You're like, I'm going to pop off. And then it's just like, you're done for. And, like, everybody knows you're OnlyFans because you, like, went full send with it. And now you're just, like, trying to get another job again. Fucked. Yeah, at that rate, you got to go in the corner. You got to start trapping on one of these other apps and doing the same thing. But unless you're making like, unless you pocket 40 plus K in a year, give it up because it ain't worth it. Because you're only going to get uglier over time. So this is whatever. For a year. Like, it, it might not be sustainable. Yeah, like if you can't get 40 in a year on it, then get off OnlyFans. Because you're only going to get less and less desirable over time. And if you're not even pulling in 40, like, you're not going to be able to live off this for the rest of your life. So, like, you're hurting yourself in the long run. Because jobs will put this shit up on you. And it's like, all right, let's say let's say OnlyFans, it, you know, it was never only just sex. Like, other people do shit on there. And then they're trying to switch to that business model. Even if, let's say, you were on OnlyFans, you were doing, like, I don't know, fucking trading cards and you were unboxing trading cards and for some reason people wanted to watch you exclusively do that regardless of whatever you were doing on OnlyFans like you said when your job pulls that up to see your job history they see OnlyFans what are the connotations they think they're going to think yeah they oh, don't think he was a sex worker yeah so it just there, there's no win for that and I didn't see people like eh, you got to do what you got to do to make money I agree you, it is a dog eat dog world you got to do what you got to do to make money the only thing I will say is because I see someone on TikTok saying that, like, jobs were prejudiced for this and that. If I got a company and my company, I don't want to hire sex workers, that is not prejudice. Like, I'm allowed that ability to not hire sex workers at my, like, place of employment. Stop the cap. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. It's not discriminating against any, like, race or religion or any kind of thing like that. You're just like... I don't, you know, I don't want someone fucking, let's say you're doing like uh, recruiting and someone looks up your name to like see, you know, what companies you've been working for. And then your OnlyFans pops up. Not a great look for your company. You know? That actually uh, kind of segues into our next topic, though. <laughs> um, most people would realistically, per Ezra, say, uh, do some things that they would deem grosser degrading for what's equivalent to about a paycheck. This wasn't me. Well, it was me. I put it in there, but I was listening to some of my uh, boys talk. It's one of the podcasts. It's not called Boys Talk. I can't remember the name of the top of my head, and they were talking about it. And they were like, first and foremost, most people in like a large part of America is one paycheck away from being broke, like from being under the poverty line, from being in the red. Like, my bills ain't getting paid. I'm going to have to skip the car note or turn off the electricity. Like, a lot of America lives like that. So by that logic that we're saying, most people in America are one paycheck. And if you make a good paycheck, twelve to two $1,200 to $2,000 away from throwing away their morals and doing something that they deem disgusting or degrading or beneath them, they're one paycheck away from doing that. And the more I thought about that, I was like, you know what? They're probably right. 
Because I know people who like, mm, I'm going to never let my boss talk to me this way. Or the day my boss talks to me like this, I'm quitting. They don't quit their job. And they think that they being mistreated. So if you told them for $2,000, their boss is going to call them every name out of the book and they're going to shut up, take it, and come back to work the next day. They probably do it. Like $2,000 every two weeks? No. One settlement of $2,000. Just for someone to be disrespectful to you? Yeah, for day? whatever you deem like the most disrespectful thing your boss could do to you. Some people think getting spit on is super disrespectful. It's probably, in my eyes, the most disrespectful thing anybody could do to you. For one paycheck, however much your paycheck is, for right now, we'll say $2,000. For a $2,000 settlement, times get bad. You letting your boss spit on you and you just eating it and shutting up and coming back to work the next day? Maybe not, but there's a lot of people who would for $2,000. All right. I see what you're saying. Um, God, I don't know. Because I feel like... It depends on how down bad I am. It really does. Because I feel like everybody's been... like you. The way you described it was perfect, like... You had one of those days where you're like, I'm not fucking doing this shit. I'm not coming back here. And then you're back there the next day. Absolutely. And you hate every second of it. Driving there, walking in, fucking clocking in. If you have to clock in, you're like, I fucking hate this place. And you're like, yeah, I'm fucking back. Whatever. 2K, a lot of money. In the right situation, 2K, a lot of money. That's five or six late bills. You turn your phone on, your electricity on, page your car note, the repo man not looking for you. 2K a lot of money when you down bad. Depending on your car, it's four new tires. Yeah. One paycheck. Most niggas is a one paycheck from letting somebody disrespect them beyond belief. Oh, man. It's sad to think about, but, like, that's crazy. It really is, though. It's like, it's almost like two grand just to let me do this. Like, people probably be like, all right. Like, say less. You could probably do it for a thousand if we're being real. I was about to say, depending on how much money your your paychecks are, some niggas might really do it for a thousand. I know some girls that let men do more disrespectful stuff and spit on them, and they do it for free. So it's like, <sighs> I hope that's you all consensual. It? <laughs> it's probably not the way it was set up. To be honest, financial literacy, folks. We got we got to teach you. We got to. So we none of us are ever in a situation. I don't want any of my friends or loved ones in a situation where they they considering getting spit on for one paycheck, one additional paycheck. I don't want someone like, I wouldn't want my kids having to work a job where they're basically doing that for like the minimum wage. Yeah. And you know, it's like that. You know, people are working minimum wage jobs just getting destroyed on a regular basis. Absolutely. And that's just life. Literally any job in customer service. <laughs> Depends what you consider customer service. I was thinking like retail. Except for the people who spray cologne on you, those people suck. <laughs> Just a side note. Um, speaking of things that suck, we got to talk about some of the trashest, worst inventions of all time. Okay. Okay. Water babes. What the, f- like, I feel like, uh, I was talking to Mariah the other day. I feel like the only reason... I ever even thought of wanting a waterbed as a kid was because of that 70s show. I feel like one of them had a waterbed. Because outside of that, like, why the fuck does anybody have a waterbed, have had a waterbed, have wanted a waterbed? Like, why was that even invented? Oh, you know some hippie in, like, the 70s thought that was cool and would think it would feel good high, so they created a waterbed, some shit like that. So it helps speed relaxation, soothe sore muscles, and relieves tension. I feel like that's only true if you don't get seasick. I almost feel like that would make my back worse. Because I I need, like, some firmness to my mattress. A waterbed would have too much play in it. I mean, I'm not going to go against the waterbeddoctor.com for why why we should choose waterbeds. You know, it seems like they know. But don't nobody got a waterbed. That nigga probably oh. not even a doctor. <laughs> my kind of contorts to your body, you know. My aunt and uncle used to have one, and we would like purposely have sleepovers. That way, we could like play on it, but we never actually slept on it. It was just more entertaining than anything. But it was always weird, like having to bring their water hose in through the house to fill it up. Yeah, that is strange. That's, that's the issue. How much do you think a water bed would run you? Now? Mm-hmm. Now they're probably expensive because they're rare. 
back then I'd say they're not that bad just because it's pretty much just filling an air mattress up with water. I feel like it'd be cheaper now. A good water bed, I'm saying $400. From what I'm seeing, it says anywhere from $50 to $2,000. Yeah, uh, $400 probably getting you a good water. Not near as expensive as a fucking mattress. Yeah. Yeah, but you gotta think about this. Like, with, like, a mattress... I think I saw, actually, TikTok about this. Like, a mattress, your phone, for the cost... Like, let's say every time you pick up your phone the amount of time that you spend in your bed, like, when you break down the cost of it, it really just evens out over time, like, easily. It evens out over time? Because I think, like, most people only buy, like, three mattresses in their lives, I think is the number. It might be be like 2.85. That's the number that's coming to my mind. I think it's three mattresses in their life. But it's the fact that you have to pay, like, up front for it. It's kind of like cars. Most people are only going to buy one brand new car off the lot in their whole entire life. But paying 50000 for it up front, it hurts when you think about it. Yeah, but you do it on like a payment plan. You putting your mattress on a payment plan? I'm sure you can. No, you definitely can. I'm probably not. I probably have to pay for that out for me. Because there's so many other bills I'm gonna get monthly. I don't want a monthly bill for my mattress. Bro, oh man, that'd be so funny. You gotta pay like a little fifty bucks every month. As low as fifty five bucks a month on purple. Mattress financing. <laughs> there you go. I've heard the Lowell mattresses are really good, but they are like nine hundred a pop or something like that. It's yeah, interesting it's, what like, we deem expensive. You spend in your bed, like I would do that no problem. If it was like really good, like a really good mattress, like you get great sleep out of it, like I'll drop a grand on a mattress. Here's the thing though. I can sleep on most things. Um what I will say makes it a massive difference as of late, silk sheets. Get you some silk sheets. The sheets matter to the quality of the bed, because I had bad sheets beforehand mm-hmm. and it just it wasn't the same. I was getting irritated. Get you a good set of sheets, and oh, that goes a long way. I'm a Jersey knit girl myself, to be fair. A what? A Jersey knit sheets. I prefer those because I keep my house really cold, so it makes my bed, like, super cozy. I think people sleep on, like, mattress toppers, too. That's weird. You don't don't, don't have a mattress topper? Sleeping directly on top of the mattress topper? Where else would you put it? Is doesn't it go under the sheets? Yeah. Well, yeah. Not no. Not on like. I'm not no, sleeping right on the mattress. Sociopath. <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought you literally meant like instead of sheets, you were just sleeping on top of the mattress topper. No. No. I'm just. I was just <laughs> saying something else that was slept on, literally oh, gotcha. and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. After I got a mattress, to- the first mattress top I had, I never looked back from that moment. You got to get a good one, though. Not the, like, $19, like, egg crate shit. Get a good, like, 100 150 mattress topper, and you're set. You're Is set. That, you just got to invest in, like, it's, like, stupid things, like, you don't want to, but, like, again, your phone, the amount of times and things that people use for their phone, just spend the money and just get the phone. Like, just do it. It makes your life so much easier. Your sleep will be better. That's true, though, because I feel like the things you deem expensive change for, like, where you're spending it at. Because $1,000, she was like 900 expensive for a mattress. It's not like crazy. But if you're looking at a car, you'd be like, 1000 is cheap. And also, like, another thing that you got to put a little money into to get, like, it's worth having something good instead of getting a cheap one, pans. Get a nice, solid pan set. Because I know everybody looks at the, like, $40 pans from Walmart or Amazon. It's like, eh, it's going to do what I need it to do. I'm still cooking it. You're not living until you get a nice, good, solid um no stick pants set. It it's worth the extra money. Yeah. It's just it's like things that you just kind of learn to invest in over time because if not you're just gonna pay more in the in the long run. Speaking of that, I saw this TikTok last night and this lady had a really nice like four piece set. But none of them had handles. There was only like one handle and it was detachable so you could use the same handle for each of the like pots and pans that came in the set. And that way they don't take up as much room under your stove. And I was like, that's fucking genius. No, I'd hate that. That's too much work. I'm not trying to switch the handle every time I go get a pan. I'm going to lose the handle probably. (laughs) 
<laughs> if, your pan, if your pan had no handle, you'd probably at some point lose the handle. Well, you can keep it attached to one of the pans, but it's it was it's like a time or a uh, space saving thing because I don't really like uh, that's all that great. I bought them. They're coming on. <laughs> my regular pans stack stack fine in each other. And what are some what are some things that you guys and then we'll come back to trash and vengeance because I have some more. What are some things that like when you were younger uh that you would buy like and not even think about it and now you look at it and you're like I would not spend money on that. Like for a while I was buying like I went through a shoe phase and I was buying shoes on a regular basis for like we're talking like I'm working a fucking a minimum wage job dropping like 150 200 bucks every week and now I'm like Fuck that, dude. I'm not going to pay $200 for fucking shoes. Bro, the same way you was in like a shoe phase, I was in a hat phase. I probably dropped like $40, $50 on a hat and get like two or three at a time. Like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, snapbacks were big. I went from the fitted phase into the snapback phase. And I probably had like 30, 40 hats. There's no way I should have wasted money like that. <laughs> There's just no way. I don't even wear hats now. I went through the, um, you remember those Tom's shoes, like the canvas ones? Uh-huh. I had, I swear to you, I had like 20, 25 pairs of those. And I would buy a new pair like every month or anytime I like got a good grade on a test and all that stuff. And I like didn't have a job my first three years of college. So like, how the fuck was I even doing that? Dude, snapbacks, Goodwood chains. I don't even think Goodwood's a thing anymore. I don't know. Yeah, they're just. I just think about all the money that I spent on shoes and just. Oh. Did you cool. like sell all of them like you were doing for a little bit? Yeah, I sold most of them. Um, I still have a couple that I'm just like I'll never get rid of because I just a lot of love for them. But I mean, oh, the amount of money. I mean, I, I definitely got it back just because if you get a couple of good ones that are worth it all, you can break even and then some. Oh, but at least you got a return on your investment. Yeah, I probably want crazy on jackets too. I would say hoodies, but I still have no. I literally just bought a fucking hoodie the other day. And it's I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. It's a sick like dark orange. It's so sick. The only thing is like the outside's kind of like a weird towel texture, but the inside's so soft that I don't even give a fuck. I got a lot of North Face now, but it's like all gifted at this point. But I used to blow some money on a North Face jacket. And it ain't even really cold enough for a real North Face back home, for real. It's almost it's like... It's in Cleveland, though. It is definitely in Cleveland. Yeah, but I'm not blowing money on them before. I feel like people also go through phases, like, when you're younger, you're trying to, like, show out and, like, dress nice, and then it's, like, everybody has a phase where they're just like, no, nah, I'm, like, good with what I got. Bro, I had three pair of Ralph Lauren boots my senior year just because all of us had Ralph Lauren boots. <laughs> Everybody had Ralph Lauren boots. I had them in like every every tint. I had the dark brown ones. I had the light brown ones. And then I had the ones with like the fucking army strap. I was going nuts. And for what? I probably wore them bitches like six times in a whole year. What about Tim's? Did you own Tim's? I was never in that Tim phase. Because I had Tim's when I was a little kid, like in elementary school. Because my older brothers were like big, the first Tim movements. So I went through like the Tim shit already. Um, all right, back to trashes and inventions. This is, uh, I think you said drawstring bags was one. Absolutely. Um, monitors in the car that beep when you don't have a seatbelt on. Some could argue that's kind of important for some people, but I can see why you'd probably hate that in the moment. <laughs> no, my, in my dad's first car, um, it was a hand-me-down for my papa, and he fucking hated the little beeper, so he cut out the seatbelts. I mean, that just seems like oh, it would an, stop ex- yeah. an extreme measure to go could, through. Yeah, I was going to say, you can take the thing out. <laughs> well, you but, could just leave the seatbelt buckled. I do yeah. that. I just sit on top of it, like right yeah. in front of it. But no, he took his pocket knife and cut that shit out. Another trash monitor is the, like the the uh, ones for your tire pressure are cool until it like fucks up. Mm-hmm. And then it's just constantly on. That's also the worst. One that I thought of that I think people definitely sleep on being a trash invention, shake weights. What the <laughs> fuck was shake weights? Who was like, this is the best idea we've ever come up with? 
yeah, that one's pretty good. Also, um, uh, those fucking uh, Shape Up Skechers shoes. The fucking Kim K ones? Yeah, just like the platform tennis shoes. They weren't like making anyone's butt bigger. It was just the whole fucking gimmick that all these old ladies bought into. Yeah, I don't understand the concept because it's almost similar to like walking in heels. Yeah. Just like in a shoe. I, I need to, I want to be in that production meeting of the shade weights where they're like, guys, this is it. This is the game changer. Another trash invention, AP classes. I think AP classes are the biggest scam in America. I don't know why we're making kids go through such stressful like classes to get into colleges. Just so when you show up to college, they're like, oh yeah, we're not going to accept that fucking course anyway. See, I be hearing people with those experiences. That's why I know y'all didn't go to pride. Uh, y'all didn't go to a proud school like River, because they was accepting our APs. Yeah, but I feel like even more like the the later we go into, it, think about the amount of schools you transfer to that they're like, yeah, we're not going to take that college credit from your university, but then they're going to take your AP high school class. Like, no, at the end of the day, all these universities just want you to take more courses, stay there longer to get more tuition from you. I didn't even take any AP classes, and I got into colleges where people who were taking APs didn't get into. Now, is it because I'm a minority? Probably, Probably. but... The selling point for those is, um, at least I know in Virginia, you take the AP classes, you get a four or five on the AP exam, and the in-state schools will accept you. So, yeah, they want you there for a longer period of time to take more classes, they make more money off you. But ultimately, they want you going to a school in-state because they're going to make money off you as opposed to you leaving somewhere. So if you take the AP classes, pass a couple of them, you're more inclined, your parents are more inclined to send you to an in-state school because in their mind, well, she already got nine credits that I won't have to pay for at the college level. Yeah, but and then it gets to the discussion of like, you know, are you going to let your kid go where they want to or are you going to make them go where you want them to go because <gasps> it's a little bit cheaper? It depends. I went down to Elon. I'm going to say first, I'm going to probably – push my kids to go in-state. I hope they want to go in-state. If they want to go out-of-state, that's a story for another day. I went down to Elon. It's a D1 down in uh, North Carolina. Had an interview with a uh, official meeting with their coach after they offered me my junior year. And he told me straight up, he was like, if you want to come here, we'd love to have you. But he was like, in most scenarios, it's probably going to be the best bet for you to stay home. And that was like the truest shit. And I think that doesn't just apply to like sports in college. I think that applies to college in general because the farther away you go from home, the more farther you get out of your state, the harder it is for you to acclimate. Niggas talk different. They got different slang. They listen to different music. They eat different. The food they eat, not even the same. All that shit pans up on a kid who's for the first time leaving his parents and now is seven hours away in fucking deep in West Virginia when he's from Pennsylvania. Like that makes him want to leave and go back home. If it's like you from Delaware, you go down the streets of Delaware, some of your friends go there, people that like people who listen to the same music, kind of talk like you, eat like you, eh, you're more inclined to stay because it's going to feel more like home. I know I went down to Tuskegee, Alabama. I hated every second of it. And they was all black, but they was a different type of black. Niggas talked different than me. They ate different. I had to like squint my ears to understand what these niggas with accents were even saying. I was like, there's no chance I'm coming here. But that's why you tour. To see, like, the, the, you know, where you're going to go, potentially, and, like, if it fits with you. Yeah, but uh, a tour don't really do much. Because they're only showing you, like, the best of the best. If you have a smart tour guide, they're only going to show you, like, the good things about it. Nobody's showing you, like, the negative things during a tour. And usually, I feel like if you're taking, like, an academic tour, you're probably going with your parents. You're probably only there for, like, three, four hours. You don't really get a feel for nothing. You go to that school, hate it in two months, and you back home in the spring. I mean, it also depends on what kind of person you are, too. Like, not it's, some people just aren't made out to go to a different school. Or, but then you have some people who are like, you know what, like, uh, fucking, uh, do any of our boys actually go to any school that they... In that's the a different they breed, because that's like cult culture, where their Jewish friends from their sleepaway camps years older than them also went to these schools because they have Jewish connects. And the moment they get there, they're like Jewish superstars. That don't happen <laughs> to regular people. Like the regular people you know from high school who went to Indiana, 
They probably didn't get into a frat first off, and they were probably lame as shit for two years. These niggas step out there, and they're like the cool kid on campus. I mean, I think you can go out of state. It just, again, depends how far. Like, Anna, when she was living in Connecticut, went to UD. That's like a three-hour drive. So it just kind of depends. I If I could have afforded to, and if I would have gotten into USC, I would have been out there for sure. Yeah, but do you think uh, you would have enjoyed USC? Then again, you're also a different you're a different scenario because you don't have a bunch of, like, home ties willing to come home. So I doubt you were going to get homesick, but you probably would have had a different – it probably would have taken you a while to adjust to how they live out there. You being from Delaware, and if yeah, that affected you making friends, do that then affect you coming home early? No, nah, I would never go home early. That's just not in me. But um, I mean, it, it does also kind of depend on your university and how like I know UD a big thing was like, and it's it still is like whatever your freshman floor is like. You usually get very close with those people, and then you're like usually you're not going to be friends with every fucking single person, but usually hang out with a lot of the same people, and then you have, like, your senior year bar crawl with your freshman floor. Um, maybe we should ask Paige, because, Paige, you stayed in-state. Do you think you would have been fine if you left and went out of state? Yeah, I would have been fine. Um, the col- Some of the colleges I was actually looking at were out of state. I only wound up going to the college I went to because I knew I wasn't going to have any student debt. Um, and then... It also helps that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I wasn't like set on going to one college that had a certain major. I kind of like took my time my first year and kind of like took a bunch of different classes to see what I was actually even interested in and then went from there. So this is um, an invasive question and it's not to be rude. It's just the, looking back at it because hindsight's twenty twenty. like, yeah. But do you think the 18-year-old version of you could have? The version of you that didn't drink, came from the Bible Belt. Like, at JMU, the niggas who didn't drink was whack as fuck. They wasn't coming out with us. They already didn't drink. You didn't even drink until your junior, senior year. I'm not saying you was whack as fuck. But do you not think it would have been, like, already being from Kentucky, having an accent? You think you could have gone up to, like, Temple in Philly and felt like you were filling in your freshman year? Well, it helped that I was a cheerleader, so I already had, like, a group of friends, and I was there three weeks before college even started. Mm. So I kind of already had friends going in, and then my college set up, like, Facebook groups of our freshman class, so I kind of, like, already knew people going in. Um, But, I mean, like, when I went to camp my first year, I'd only been drinking for, like, a year. And I didn't have any problems going to camp, and the only person I knew was M. So I don't think I would have had any issues with it. It is true. You got to think about the 18 year old self of you. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you right now, I'm one of the most social people I know. There were certain schools, certain areas I knew I couldn't go to. The niggas were just too different, and I would not have fed in. No, I mean, there's definitely some places that you just can't go to. Like, it's not. Like, this is, this is the thing. You know, you could probably go to a lot of universities, like bigger, well-known universities, and be fine. But there are definitely some ones you just couldn't go to. And, like, it just wouldn't work out. And yeah, it's not I even, like, the university. It's just, like, where you're living at and, like, what's going on. Like, you just might not fit with that culture to a certain extent. Yeah, like, I, I would not have gone north by any means. Because Kentucky's, like, pretty much right in the middle. Anything above that. I I know that, like, it would have been some kind of culture shock. But if I would have gone, like, anywhere in the South, I feel like I would have been fine. But, like, say, like me going from Podunk, Kentucky, and then going to, like, I don't know, fucking Nevada, I would have been like, mm, probably not, At, as an 18-year-old page. Um, I want to go back to what we are talking about before that we kind of, like, briefly touched on of if you're going to have a kid and, and they want to go somewhere like out of state and you can maybe afford it, or you have like an in-state option that you could definitely afford, like would you spend that money and let them just go out of state or would you really try to push them to stay in-state? Ultimately, it's not ultimately their decision. It's not ultimately aligned. That's where it gets tricky. It's, you've got to find a compromise because, yeah, I want them to go where they want to be. I want them to be happy, but it's still my money. And at the same time, as one is just way more financially smart of an investment for me, 
I think I got to preach to them that what matters here is an education. If you got a chance to go to like the number 10 ranked school out of state and like here you got accepted to like the 38th, then maybe you can go there. But if you want to go out of state because some of your friends got in there and you want to party with these niggas who you probably not going to even be friends with after freshman year, or you can stay in state at a school I can better afford, which we can like help set you up for more. You're not going to have to take loans. I'm going to try to push you towards going in state. If you still like harp on the out of state, it's probably going to be a loan situation where you're going to take out some loans. Because unless you're my last kid and I've got no others to plan for, I'm not breaking the bank so you can go to your dream school. That's going to be way more expensive. Yeah, I think people need to be more realistic when it comes to the college experience. Like just because you are obsessed with a school and are all about it for like forever doesn't mean you won't get just as good of an education somewhere that you can afford. Like the price of the school honestly does not matter. Some of them are just absolutely so ridiculous that it's just not even worth it. So yeah, I kind of agree about finding some kind of compromise between I want you to be happy, but also I don't want you to drown in student debt forever. And like, I'll help when I can, but I mean, there's only so much people can do sometimes. Yeah, I think that's the one of the things that I have like, you know, I didn't necessarily want to go UD, UD. like I would have been fine going there. I didn't live on campus. I think that's the one thing that I wish I could have done. But at the same time, like my mom was like, yeah, we'll pay for tuition. We're not going to pay for you to live on campus because that doesn't make any fucking sense for us financially. Yeah. Pay like 20 grand a year to you for you to live 10 minutes down the road. So she was like, you can take out loans if you want to do that. And like, I'm glad I fucking didn't because I would be getting fucked right now. Yeah. Um, so I think I would definitely, you know, if it makes more financial sense and like the school is good to like try to push in state, but then like, even if it was like 10 minutes on the road, I think I would just because I didn't get the experience of it would try to make sure set the most best possible to like live on canvas and just kind of like, why don't you really live it up while you can? You know? Well, I don't even, I don't even think it's like an in state or out of state thing. She was so set on going to like this more prestigious, almost private um, college that wasn't even like an hour from here. And she didn't get like a ton of financial help. So her parents were doing the majority of it. And after, and they were like, yeah, you can go at your dream school. You can go blah, blah, we'll help. And after the first year, they realized they couldn't like cut it anymore. So they made her transfer to the school that's like 15 minutes from here. That was like a third of the cost. And she was just depressed as shit and just like got a degree so she could get out. If she had gone there in the first place and not like gone to that dream school, I feel like she would have been happier because she wouldn't know what she was missing out on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, also, it's, I mean, did something happen where they just couldn't afford anymore or they just didn't? They like, just shouldn't have let her, they, they couldn't afford it in the first place. They shouldn't have even let her like go. But she was so set on it, and she was so convinced that it was going to be perfect and all this stuff and blah, blah, and then it just got to the... Yeah, parents got to get better at telling their kids, you know. Um, exactly. I agree. Parents got to get way better at telling their kids, you know. And I'm going to hurt somebody's feeling. Dream schools don't exist. Like, when people are like, oh, I had a dream school, this is where I wanted to go my whole life. Like, nigga, what? You've probably seen this school playing a sport, or maybe it's like a local one that you catch on TV, so you like them. How did this become your dream school? The fuck you know about this school? Like, and like that shit is weird to me. College is college. You're going to have a good time at any fucking college if you find the right people. Like, you can go to the buddest college in the world and you can have a good time if you find the right people. But as far as, like, the in-state, out-of-state, I also think it's important. Like, Virginia's a big state. Like, it's probably, like, five hours long. I think it's important that, like, because I feel like they want to leave and get away from home. So a lot of kids, like, apply out-of-state, apply out-of-state. You're not coming home that often in college anyway. So going two, three hours away from home is usually enough distance for those kids who want to get away from home. And they fuck around and waste time by trying to get as far away and like states out the way. Like, yeah, going to Tennessee and you live in Little Virginia, you're probably only coming home for Thanksgiving and Christmas or yeah, probably like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and winter break your freshman year. But if you go to Virginia Tech or down at 757 in the beach area, you also probably not coming home except for Thanksgiving and Christmas because that's four hours away. A lot of Virginia schools not letting you take a call. Your parents is not coming to get you every weekend. You almost got to like, first of all, if my, like, let's say your kid just wanted to go somewhere that like 
they even started to think about somewhere and you were like, I know I can't afford that. I got to crush your dream right there. Like, hey, that's not fucking happening. Somewhere else, for sure. Yeah, I know uh, one of my homegirls wanted to go to Hawaii when we were in high school. She wanted to go to Hawaii bad. Her parents see a year were like, hey, yo, we can't do that. But we can send you to Virginia Westland. It's on the beach. And she was like pissed. She's like, this is not the same. She loved all four years of it. Virginia Westland's college, like not college university, they dorms is like dead ass on the beach. Like it's not Hawaii, but like you still on the beach. It's a good time. You gonna make a lot of good friends. Like we can if come up with a compromise. Yeah. If you close your eyes, you're at the beach. I mean, that's not a bad one. Like compromise. Though. Like I feel like I'd want to go there. Like I might look it up and try to go back to school now. <laughs> I mean, even even coastal. Like, yeah. that's far away and on the beach. Like, I'm glad they crushed it right off the bat, though. Like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just seems like, I'd be like, dude, go fuck yourself. Like, I can't even go a trip to fucking Hawaii for vacation. You think I'm going to send you there for fucking college for four years? Yeah, and the travel back and forth between, like, years and semesters and stuff. <laughs> no, you almost have to, like brainwash your kid as a child to like let's say let's say you're in virginia and you're like damn i want them to go like somewhere cheap like i don't know fucking tech vc like i don't know just you <laughs> want them to go so i'm not i don't know not cheap but like let's just say it's more affordable and them go to like ohio state or something so you're like damn i'm gonna brainwash them and like make them the fucking biggest tech fan as a kid and then by the time they like grow up like that's all they wanted to go to like that's such that's a scumbag but genius move there. A lot of these, um, a lot of these community colleges, you can go get your basics done the first two years, and then transfer to a state school. I'm That's anti cool. that. We have a I'm, ton of people that do that here. I mean, I'm not mad at that, but you still gotta like pay to go to those schools, so you still gotta pay that price for it. And the big name schools is cool, but a lot of these big name schools are usually not even like the best in the area. Outside of, like, UVA, UVA, great. Virginia Tech is also good. But, like, their school's better than Virginia Tech, better than VCU in Virginia. Like, William & Mary and them sits that are, like, way less than all. University of Richmond, which is down the street from VCU, another great business school. And they're not the ones you hear, but they score great year in and year out. So, like. Yeah. And there's so many fucking colleges, man. That also depends on recognition, though, and the connections you make. Like, if you're going to, I don't know which one you just said about the business school. Like, if you're going to the business, solid. But if you're not going into, like, anything else, like, does it really matter if you're going against someone who's at, like, VCU or Tech or UVA and you're applying for the same job? Like, not saying you wouldn't get it, but those degrees fucking or some frat that they were in could help you compare, help them compare to you and your small school. Tech, one of the top schools for engineering. Half the niggas who want to go to Tech in Virginia don't want to be engineers. They just want to go there because it's Virginia Tech. Go so tech. it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> no, but that's a stupid reason. I agree. I don't. I don't understand why you would do that. Pick a school that benefits you in the best way possible. But you know, at the same time, also, if you just want to go somewhere for a stupid reason, which is half the reason people go to college in the first place, is to party. You're so. you're betting on an 18 year old making the best decision for his major for the next. 30 years of his life when he's only thinking about the next four. She's only thinking about the next four. Because I know so many people who went where they wanted to go when it realistically, it was like the number one school because of the brand of the school. But like major wise, it was like eight, nine on their list. I know people who ended up at like Tech or fucking UVA or schools like that, even West Virginia. It didn't offer what they wanted to go to school and major in. So they got majors close to it because that's what they want. That's where they wanted to go to school. And that's how a lot of people do it. They're like, let me get in where I want to go, and I'll figure the major out. When it should be the other way around. Yes. Let me make sure this got my major, and that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. it's. I mean, it, the whole system is stupid that you need to pick a fucking major and have your life figured out. I f- yeah, I fully based mine off of, am I going to be in crippling debt afterwards or not? Like, I didn't even give a shit where I was going. We gotta figure that there's gotta be a better way to do this whole college system. I'm just not sure what yet. There's gotta be something. Cut out the gen eds. Yes, holy Take shit. Take aptitude test. Whatever your top things for your aptitude test is, push you towards doing that. If you have in your heart of heart that you wanna do something else, allow you to test into that. If you do well, you stay. If you don't do well, you get kicked out. 
We should just do it the way they do med schools, where it's like you have a list of your like top 20, top 10, whatever. You, I mean, you don't have to do like in med schools, do interviews, maybe you put your applications out there and then colleges rank you and then you just kind of get placed wherever you, and that's where you go to. You know what I also think is wild? Having to pay to send your transcript to a college or like uh, pay for a college application. Better get that fee waiver. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's easy. And then they still charge you like ridiculous tuition. College is just a scam. Let's be real. I mean, that's what half the fucking like the gen ed stuff is. It's like two years of just classes you don't need to take. Oh, trust me. I was required to take Bible classes. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's on you for going there. I had to do that when I went to school in West Virginia. Yeah. A little Baptist school. Yeah. Ugh. That's terrible. They were so easy, though. Holy shit. I was like, all right. I see why all these people are Bible majors now. That's even stupid. Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about colleges because then I'll start getting pissed about people that go to college for a stupid fucking major like Bible. <laughs> Just go, just be a fucking, a reverend, or work in the church if that's what you want to do. Yeah, but you still have to go to, like, seminary. Yeah, then go to seminary, don't go to college. You don't got to do that in my black church. You got to have a calling from the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's it. So, if I walked in and said, I have a calling, I'm in there? Nah, we're going to find out if you have a calling. You're going you gonna to have to know something about the Bible, inside out. You're going to have to lead a sermon. And when niggas booing you, yeah, it ain't going to cut it. When when the old lady talking, I I just wasn't moved by Pastor Eric. You ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask, what would Jesus do? Well, See that's what that's what everybody at like Baptist schools say. They like whatever major they choose, they say that's their calling, or like they were called to you know be an elementary teacher, or they were called to you know be an environmental science or whatever. Like that was everybody's excuse for everything. We just lie about everything now. I know some people who, like, since they were little kids, knew and felt like within them that they wanted to be school teachers or they wanted to be, like, bankers and stuff like that. So I can buy into, like, people having callings. A calling as a banker? <sighs> yeah, some people, like, knew from a very young age they wanted to be a bank teller. And I was like, okay. That's an interesting one. You know, really, like, that's all she wanted to do else. all like middle school through high school. And now she's like a bank manager. She makes real decent money. Oh, I would not want to work at a bank from people I know who worked in them. It's not fun. Yeah, I also would not want to work in a bank. She works in a massive one. Oh, no, no, no. Especially if you deal with like private clients and stuff. From what I've been told, like you might be off the clock, but you're not you're never off the clock, which just sounds terrible to not get paid nearly enough to do that. Yeah. This was actually a really good one I saw while I was working today that you sent in as um, in our age bracket, about 21 to 30s, do we think that everyone is afraid of not being successful or is it just one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have? I think it's just a fear in general. I actually think people think about it less at our age than they do when they're older. I think our age is the age... It hits people because under 21, 30, I don't think people care. They live in, they go into college, they work in their part time jobs, they internship. They make it enough money so they can pay rent and go to the bar or so they can finish their little work and go to the bar. Once you get 21 to 30, mid 20s, getting into your 30s, I think people start to like put emphasis on what they need to do, what moves they need to make to position themselves to be successful. Because failure is, like, real. And I think everyone in this group got a friend or two, like, just in this age range. Everyone has, like, a friend or two a few years older that's, like, 31, 32. And it's like, damn, bro, like, what the fuck is he doing? And you know, like, mm, I don't want to be that person. So what can I do to keep me from being a failure or that's going to make sure that I'm successful? Once you get to 30... It's almost too late for some people because then you're setting your ways. You're probably stuck at some bullshit job. Maybe you got a girl. Maybe you're starting to get a family, houses, bills. If you are deep into like not being successful or on any path to be successful into your 30s, into your 40s, success probably escaped you in this lifetime. I also think it depends on what your definition of being successful is. 
Um, because around here, it's like everybody feels a lot of pressure to like be married, have kids, like, and do all of that really fucking fast. To me, some people's success is just like being financially stable and not having to worry about that. So, to me, when I'm saying successful, I'm saying you're financially stable. If you want a family, you want kids, you're working towards that. You've got a somewhat decent relationship of some sort going on because I think that plays a part. Nobody wants to be lonely in their 30s and their 40s. You're, you've got a good working relationship and you're well taken care of. Like you're not worried how am I going to pay this bill next week or how my kids get in shoes for school this year, stuff like that. So like you're getting by, but you're getting by good. I think I'm, I feel like I'm going through this, but not in the way, like, I'm fine where I'm at. Like, I think, like, I would consider myself, quote unquote, successful, but I feel like it's not fulfilling the success that I want to hit yet. But the issue also is, I'm not sure where that level of success is that I would be like, damn, I've hit it. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's just like, it's like a really interesting thing because I think when I was I think we talked about in the happy hour edition which had got me got me th- thinking about the other day of like you know at what point are you considered rich or comfortable and that kind of stuff and I was like I know I'm not going to just fucking wake up tomorrow and be rich as fuck and have everything you know whatever I want to do but like what steps can I start to take to like actually make things happen yeah and that's the that's the fear of not being successful, I think, in work that we're going through. Like, you're trying to make sure that eh, I'm on the path right now and I'm doing good. But what can I do to make sure that I endure success continuing and in the future? Like, because I'm not there now. We got to keep going. So, like, at one day, you'll be able to be like, you know what? I don't live a successful life. I'm going to retire my happy ass at 50. Yeah, I mean, if if success is just being financially stable and having, like you know, comfort around you to where you don't have to worry about anything, then I would argue that there's definitely like different levels of success. So like right now I feel fine. Like I feel good where I'm at, fine job, own place, own car, all that shit. But am I like near the level of successful I want to be where I can just book a plane ticket and go to a different country whenever I want? No. So... But I also, you know, everybody compares themselves to their surroundings and, like, their peers and stuff. So I completely get the fear of, like, seeing somebody be like, oh, shit, I never want to wind up like that. Which, for some people, is motivating. So, I don't know. Either or. There's also, like, the, um, because the the way you kind of said it kind of jumped my mind of, like, even success, not even monetary, like, other aspects of your life that... I feel like a lot of people, including myself, don't really think about like successful within, you know, building your family, happiness, being one with the community. Like, I think that one kind of gets lost on people because a lot of it's because our society is monetarily based. That's where your mind kind of goes to. I agree. The perfect envision of success for me, I want to be more involved in whatever community I settle in. I think everybody should be involved or have a hand in their community to some aspect. But I do think success for a lot of people a lot of people who want families i think that plays a part that a lot of people overlook because deciding when and when is the right time to like have kids and get married or when it works for you best that's stressful and hard on its own so being able to successfully do that and not do that at the wrong time i think that adds to this as well yeah very true you don't want to you don't want to be in your 40s then like, damn, now I want kids because that might not even be an option. And if having a family and kids is something that you wanted to feel fulfilled in life, you would hate to think you missed the boat because it was bullshit. Yeah, especially for women. Yeah. Tough on women out there, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to have more. You just like said women and I was just like. Oh, no, I just meant women in general, the whole internal clock, having kids thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought that was implied, my bad. <laughs> it might have been. 
<laughs> I just sometimes I miss things. I feel like I've been fucking like just going through the motions this whole day. I'm like my brain is like fifty percent occupied and like just not even working. Last one of the day goes back. It's basically a callback to the beginning one that we talked about after the OnlyFans. How bad are you willing to let someone treat you before you cut them off? Doesn't have to be a relationship. Could be a person. Could be your own job where you say, my manager talks to me like this one more time. I'm going to cuss him out and leave. What is your line? Me personally, I got a tight new family. Got good parents. Was raised a good way. My parents ain't never called me out my name, talked down to me in any sort of disrespectful way, even as a child, like, bringing me up. So I can't let you think that you could do it in any capacity, whether you're a friend, whether you was a girlfriend, whether you a boss, a coworker. If you're talking to me in a manner in which my parents have never talked to me and they gave me everything I ever had in life until 18, that's when we got we to gotta have a conversation. Is it a one and done situation with you? You'll probably get cut off. We're probably not actually having a conversation. I'll probably be like, yeah, like for a second, you forgot who the fuck I was as a grown man, um, as a friend. But if it's like the workplace, it gets a little different because like that's the job still. So I got to make sure you understand that in my life on earth, in my God fearing days, you was never going to talk to me like that. And then we can move on as long as you understand it. But if it happens again, yeah, we probably going to have to squabble. <laughs> See, okay, yeah. So my mindset is very similar, but for different reasons. Because of how my parents talked to me when I was little. And I didn't let them disrespect me then when they did talk down to me. I carried that same energy over into adulthood. I keep my cool a lot better dealing with it now than I used to. But... Like, for example, when I worked at that call center, I put in my two weeks, and then literally the next day, they had already given my desk away to somebody else. So instead of me working my last two weeks, they just like, like, no, you can leave. You can go. So I was like, what, like, why the fuck did you make me turn in two weeks if you were just going to, you know, give my desk away, blah, blah, blah. That's like super disrespectful on me being a loyal employee for the last two years. So in that situation, I just like said my piece, was respectful about it, blah, blah, blah. Still, it's still a good reference, still all that stuff, but just kind of went about my business. And then you have like, in my last relationship, I gave him one chance to speak to me, get his issues out, and still be respectful of me. And as soon as there was one name call, I was like, no, get out of my house. Because I'm not dealing with that. I don't care if you're drunk. I don't care if you're sober. If you don't, like, respect me enough to, like, keep your cool when there needs to be a conversation or an argument, I'm just, like, not dealing with that shit. Because if you're, you know... If you are disrupting my peace, then it's just like not worth it to me. And I'm fine having conversations, fine having arguments. But as soon as it gets like disrespectful, you can just count me out. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, I agree. I've had to I've had to let a job or two know. I had to let a coach or two know back in the day as well. And I feel like they think it's like you being insubordinate or anything, but just the way I was raised, regardless of your your position, there's a right or wrong way to treat somebody. So you just, it's I'm not going to let it happen personally. I know some people who do be letting anybody talk to them any type of way. And I hope one day they stand up for themselves. If you get talked bad to at a job, like, are you a bitch if you then take this to HR? Or are you just an adult who's not going to deal with this nonsense? Because I feel like, let's say you get into something or your boss is being super disrespectful. You take it to HR, and then if that's filed and you get fired, does that help your case at all? I personally would like to handle it without HR, but, like, if you got to, like, let HR know, like, mm, I don't like the way he's talking to me. I'm about to let him have a piece of my mind, by the way. I'm letting you know before I go have this conversation with him. I, I guess I get it. <laughs> Yeah, it like, for me, the HR thing kind of depends on if this is a reoccurring issue or if it's like a one-time thing. 
because honestly, the most responsible way to go about it is to inform other people. Just that way, it's not like a you versus them situation. Um, but if it's like getting out of hand and stuff, I would definitely do the whole HR thing because you never know if that's like their first incidents being like disrespectful to employees or if this is like a reoccurring issue with a lot of people or just for like legal issues, I would, I would say something to somebody else. Hey, y'all, let that bitch ass nigga Davis in that camp know that I was not Siegel and he was not going to talk to me however he wanted. Who was it? Wasn't Siegel the one that got thrown out of the meeting that we had? Yeah, Siegel got thrown out because Dave was like sucking off coach and I started talking Niggas start to be a bitch, so I let them know, like, bro, don't don't get this twisted. The coach or Siegel? No, nah, fucking uh, coach Davidson. Davidson. Oh, oh yeah, I remember you coming out <laughs> heated as hell. Hey, they didn't like the way that we were coaching soccer on the sidelines. So we like to play a little physical out there. <laughs> you nothing wrong with it. You, you nothing wrong with it. Ugh. Um, let's see. I don't think we have any porch talk, sports talk this week. Football will be, we got one more week of preseason and then regular season starts. Yes, sir. So catch us in a week. We'll be, uh, we'll be previewing the week one matchup of the Eagles versus the Falcons. It'll be a great one. I'm very sorry for the world because I don't have that big hook of game. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> All right, man, let's wrap this thing up. Hit some music and TV. Um, music? YMW Melly's new album is fire. Listen to the track with him and Kodak. Kodak actually snaps. Um, he's definitely crazy, so that's that. Uh, TV, I had forgot AP Bio was a thing. I started rewatching mm. AP Bio. This good. shit is so fucking funny. It's so good. Um, TV, I'm currently finishing the current season of Love Island UK. But then I also just got into X on the Beach, which is another just absolutely trash reality TV show, which is my thing. Um, and then music, Casey Musgraves dropped her first single from her new album that's coming out next month called Starcross. So I'm here for that. I was actually, had my Daily Mix 1 going, had some old Mac Miller came on, started just listening to some Mac. Man, I miss Mac, man. He makes some good fucking music, dude. R.I.P. to that one. Mac was good people. Um, TV-wise, I, I don't know what. I need to watch something. I think I might just re-watch some How I Met Your Mothers because I feel like I need a little, like, just something going on. I feel like I'm fucking dying in Delaware slowly, so. Have you seen that they're starting that How I Met Your Father? I have. I have. I don't know when it's going to happen, but the showrunners are, the writers are coming back for it, so I'm hoping it'll be good. Yeah, it should be. Will it be told in her perspective? Yeah. Or it's not going to be, like story? it's going to be a different uh, mom situation. Oh, okay. So, but. Oh, um, yeah, it's, um, it's Hillary Duff. Is it? The girl. She's the mom? Yeah. Mm, that's tricky. I haven't seen her ex since Lizzie McGuire. I know, I was going to say the same thing. I don't know if I like it as much anymore. She literally hasn't done anything since Lizzie McGuire. I don't know if this is the role she should be stepping back into then. Maybe this ease into it a little bit. Or no, she did um, Younger, uh, that show on, fuck, what, the CW maybe? Or, I don't know, Younger was good though. I feel like I'm always on the search for the next great sitcom. Just like a random helper. I don't I know see, if there are any. I've seen a couple of good ones. <sighs> Rules of Engagement, I happen to like. A lot of people didn't even watch it. I like Rules of Engagement. I, I liked New Girl to a degree. I count yeah, AP good. Bio as a sitcom. I think AP Bio was good. But, like, nothing, there's nothing new right now sitcom-wise. No. It's just hard. Like, people just aren't watching TV like that anymore to really make it pop. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a good one. If you have not watched it, as you should watch it. You didn't like it? I don't Ugh. like it. It's I watched so like good. seven episodes. She was butt. It reminds me of New Girl a little bit. It reminds me of Parks and Rec, and I don't like Parks and Rec. I think mm-hmm. the writer of Parks and Rec also is a co-writer on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> so... That makes sense. It's fucking um, 
Dwight's brother from The Office. He he's the writer for it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, the Office dude. I was watching a video breakdown of The Office yesterday about like episodes and stuff. Office is nothing but heavy hitters all around, from the writing to the cast. Like it's incredible. It almost it sucks. I've seen it so many times because then it's hard to really get into it. They almost need to revamp and bring back The Office. Have you watched Ted Lasso yet? Yeah, I haven't watched season two, but I watched season one. Ted Lasso, I, I, I guess that's not really like a, it's kind of a different show. I wouldn't call it like. Sitcom? Yeah. Yeah. But it's fucking good. That's a good one. Oh, all right, let's 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 wrap this fucking episode up. Hey, thank you guys for listening as always. Uh, we appreciate you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch, Shock, No A. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on there. You can subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, whatever, anything, everywhere. You know the vibes. We'll be back next week. Peace.